we started a series last Sunday that's going to run into another three or four weeks. And what we're talking about is this simple thing. You and me, all we can do is receive in life. That is all we are capable of doing is just receiving. So excuse my terminology here for the, for the stud out there that thinks he's going to be an NBA player, an NFL player, is going to amount to something in life. Guess what? You can only do anything in this life from receiving from God. You received your athletic talents from the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do anything and be self-made. We talked about the self-made millionaire. There's no such a thing as a self-made millionaire. You can only receive in life. That's all you can do. And so what does that mean? We have to position ourselves and begin to understand that we can't produce anything out of ourselves. We can only receive, and from receiving, we can then overflow. We can overflow from that point. So in understanding this, if we begin to see ourselves as only being capable of receiving from the Lord, then we can start to understand ourselves better. And what I want us to do to this to today is begin to understand how we operate. If we understand all we can do is receive, the light bulb goes off in our head and we begin to understand, understand ourselves better. We were built, listen to this, we were built to connect, we were built to receive, and we were built to overflow. That's how God built you and me. And that's all we can do in life is connect to a source, receive from that source, and then overflow from that source. And believe me, there's many sources in life that you can connect to and receive from. And we're going to talk more about that today. So we're like cups. We're like bowls that receive from God. And the fuller you get, stuff starts coming out of you. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I guarantee you, whatever's inside of you is going to come out of you. All right? I've wondered at times why on earth certain words pop out of my mouth whenever I'm mad, all right? Why did that happen? That's because it was inside of me. <laughs> Where did that anger come from? It was inside of me. I was so full of it that it finally spilled out, all right? And so uh, we're like cups, we're like bowls that overflow. Look at this scripture with me, and I guarantee you, we're going to be jumping. We're not going down one single set of scriptures. So if you follow along in your Bible, you're going to be flipping back and forth. So get ready for that. Don't get aggravated with it. Say, all right, this is the way it's going to be. I'll flip around a lot, a lot in my Bible. Or you could even jot these scriptures down. Although I'll say this, every single scripture we read is in our weekly reading this, this week. And so it'll be easy for you that way as well. But the first one that I have here is Psalms 23.5. And it's, have you ever, have you ever heard of the, the, um, the shepherd psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul, la, la, la. Okay, it comes from that, that chapter. It's in, in Psalms 23, verse 5. It says, you, so here's David, a shepherd, talking to, to the Lord. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
How many of you have any enemies right now? You can think of an enemy or two that you have. All right, man, I see you. All right, you know what? God prepares a table for you right with them watching you and jealously watching you. You pick your enemies in your mind and say, God's going to prepare a table for me and he's going to make them jealous because God is on my side. He's in my side of the court. He says, you anoint my head with oil. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the tale of two chosen men? God pours his oil all over us. Man, the Holy Spirit is all of us flowing in us, changing us. He pours oil on my head as a sign of choosing. God has chosen you. You're chosen by God. You start walking around like a chosen man or woman of God. Nothing can shake you. Nothing can shake your confidence because you're chosen of God. He's anointed you. But listen to this. My cup overflows. Remember, we're just a cup. We're just a bowl. All we can receive. If you have talent in your life, receive more talent in your life. If you have giftedness in your life, receive more giftedness in your life. Man, I was watching the, the Super Bowl, and there's this, I think it's Talib. I can't remember. Is that that cornerback? Man, what a monster. What a safety. This guy is amazing. He's talented. You know where that guy got his ta- talent from? He got it from the Lord Jesus Christ. All that guy can do is just receive, and all you can do is receive. My cup overflows. Do I want to be halfway full with what God gives me? Or do I want to be all the way full with what God has to give me? Or do I want to be so full I'm overflowing with what God has given me? I'll take the third option. I want to receive so much that I'm overflowing with the good things of God. So here goes. John 6.10. Here's Jesus walking towards Samaria, which was a part, not even a part of Israel, but a an area that the Jews didn't frequent very much, all right? An area that the Jews didn't frequent very much. He comes with his disciples on a dry, hot, dusty day. He sits down at this well, sends his disciples into town, and he sits down beside a promiscuous woman. How, did, how about that? Jesus, Lord of Lord, kings of, King of Kings, sits down beside this promiscuous woman, and he says, give me a drink, Lady looks at him. She says, Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Why are you talking to me like this? The conversation proceeds in John 6 until it gets to verse 10, and Jesus answers her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's asking you for a drink, you would have asked him. In other words, you would have asked me, and I would have given you living water. Because that lady was no different from you and me. All she could do was receive. In verse 13, Jesus continues the conversation. He says, anyone who drinks of this water, this water from this well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks or receives the water that I give them, and there must be a giver, by the way, and uh, they will never thirst again. Indeed, that water will get, that's given to them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Welling up into eternal life. Now, have you ever looked, I w- we were draining the baptismal thing last Sunday, and I thought I'd turned off the water, and so I, I looked at the hose after I turned off the water, and I saw water welling up the hose and spilling out. That's what welling up means. God fills you so much that it just starts spilling. 
spilling out of you all over the place. The more you receive from God, the more wells up inside of you. And it says here, a spring of water welling up to eternal life, overflowing. Have you ever overflowed with something? Good or bad? I'm sure you have. All of us have. We overflow. Why? Because all we can do is receive. That's all we can do. Ephesians 3.17, it says, Paul says this, I pray that you may be rooted and established in love, that you may have the power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And in verse 19, this is in Ephesians 3, in verse 19 it says, and to know this love, to know it, all right? And in about the last four or five months, I finally began to feel loved by God. I'm 49 years old. I've been a Christian for ages. I finally began to feel the love of God. And you know when that started? Is when I realized God's love, and I've mentioned this for those of you that have heard it. You've heard it once. You've heard it 10 times. I'm probably going to say it 100 times. God's love is like this ocean, and I've been standing on the seashore this whole time. Guess what? No more. I'm going into God's love, and I'm going to I'm going to swim as fast as I can into the depths of God's love, and I hope I drown there. I hope I drowned in the love of God. And you know what? I'm never getting out of God's love ever, ever again. If somebody does me wrong, I'm staying in God's love. If I do something wrong, even in the middle of doing that wrong thing, I'm staying in God's love. I am not getting out of God's love. That's what this says, to know this love. See, that paints a different picture. It's not some ambiguous thing. Man, the love of God is transformational. It's powerful. But then it says that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. All we can do is receive, and God fills us and fills us and fills us and fills us. In Acts 2.4, it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? All I can do is receive. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so much that they overflowed by speaking in other tongues. (laughs) You get filled with the Holy Spirit and then overflow with the praises of God, possibly in a tongue that you don't even know about. Praise God. That's being filled. Why? You receive, 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 get filled, fill, fill, and then overflow for Jesus. Matthew 5, 6 talks about blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. That means they're empty. They're devoid of righteousness. And it says they will be filled with righteousness. They will be filled with it. And then in Acts 2, 28, I told you I had a ton of verses here. It says, you have made known to me the paths of life. You have filled me with joy. (laughs) This week, I went to Dallas. And as I was driving home last night, I was telling my wife, I just haven't had a lot of joy this week. Have you ever felt that way before? You know, life's going all right. Things are okay, but you just don't have a whole lot of joy. You know what? We need to be filled with God's joy. The only way to get joy is not to do or to get. It's to receive God's joy. See, God's joy comes irregardless of your health, irregardless of your final financial condition, irregardless of whether you have a good marriage or not. Joy comes from heaven. So receive joy from God. 
When you're empty of joy, say, God, I receive your joy. The Bible says I rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in him and the joy will come and fill you right back up. As soon as I said that to my wife, we were driving along from here to Dallas or from Dallas to here. God just started filling me with joy again. Just filling me with joy. I woke up this morning joyful again. Why? All I can do is receive and I need to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, how many of you know that you can't, you don't just receive goodness, but you can receive other things as well from other sources, really bad sources, all right? We have, we have these little connectors on us, all right? Invisible connectors, and we can hook on and latch onto this and hook and latch onto this, and you can receive all kinds of junk into your life. Receive it, all right? Get full of junk. Get full of messes if you want, I encourage you not to, but we can receive from all kinds of sources. Look at this. In, in Acts 5.3, the apostle Peter is talking to this guy named Ananias, and he says, how is it that Satan has filled your heart? Satan himself can come knocking at your heart and say, hey, I know all you can do is receive. Here, receive this. Receive worry. Receive fear. Receive lust. Receive greed right now. Here, take it. And if you don't close the door on him, it'll come right into your heart, into your life. And it'll fill you up. Because all we can do is receive. So look, Satan can fill your heart. In Acts 5.17, we see that these Sadducees, these religious folks, were filled with jealousy. You can be filled with jealousy if you want to. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you get jealous of your spouse sometimes or jealous of that person or jealous of, of what's going on? You can fill yourself with jealousy. Receive it. And you'll fill it up and it'll overflow and you won't like what comes out of you. You can receive all kinds of junk in your life. We see in Romans 129, it says, they, meaning people that didn't know Jesus, became filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, they were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. You can be filled with all kinds of junk. The thing that I, I struggle with, I tend to struggle with worry. I can receive, I can be full of worry. I can receive worry, receive worry, or I can say no more. I'm shutting the door on this, and I'm going to start receiving from what God has for me, peace, fearlessness, confidence. What are you receiving into your life? All you have to do is see what's flowing out of you and you'll know what you're receiving. Uh, let's see uh, here. In Ephesians 1.23, it says again, so our, our goal is to receive from God and God's goal is to fill us. It says to be full, uh, filled with all the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. God's goal is to fill. My goal is to receive. Hey, that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> I need to connect to God and say, all I can do is receive. So God, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. And this is strictly a decision that we make. It says here in Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when you drink to get drunk or drink to get buzzed or drink to feel good, you're going to receive something. It'll be, part of it will be momentary 
and the rest of it will be very permanent in you. You receive a lot of bad things when you get high or you get drunk. But here it says, instead of that, receive all the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Shut that spigot off and turn this spigot on and receive from the Lord. I love this in, in Philippians 1, 9 through 11. It says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. In other words, start flowing out of you. Well, that means you have love in you if it's going to be abounding. In knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what's best. Best of what? Best to receive. Do I've received from this door before and it didn't work out for me. I'm going to start receiving from the Lord. That's best. What's pure, what's blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with a fruit of righteousness. I tell you what, an underappreciated commodity is righteousness. <laughs> do, you, do you produce righteousness from yourself? No, you receive it from heaven. God gives you righteousness. And so in Colossians 1.9, it says, For this reason, since the day I heard of you, I have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. How would you like to know what God's will is? Receive from the Lord and he'll give it to you. All right, so let's kick into high gear and just talk through the practicality of all of this. If our nature is to receive, then we're constantly trying to fill ourselves. We don't like to be empty. You don't like to be empty. I don't like to be empty. We were made to be full. And here's some other words for emptiness. Hopelessness is emptiness. If you're hopeless, there's a certain emptiness inside of you that needs to be filled. Here's another one, boredom. Boredom is emptiness. And that's my biggest fear in life is to be bored, all right? And, uh, too much time and too little things to fill that time, all right? I'm scared to be bored. Boredom is emptiness. Here's another word for emptiness, loneliness. If you're lonely, you're devoid of relationships. You might be full in a room full of people and still feel lonely, that means you're devoid of rich relationships and you're empty and you're wanting to be filled. Purposelessness, here's another one. I just made up that word probably. But not having purpose in life. Getting up, and now I'm not dogging the, the young guys here, and scrubbing your eyes and starting to play you know, Xbox for the next 12 hours. That's purposelessness, all right? That's aimlessness. Now, I'm not saying that's bad to play video games. My kids play video games all the time. But when you just live for that, God has a bigger purpose for your life, all right? He has a bigger purpose for your life. And so these, have you ever felt blah before? You're just like, I don't feel, I just don't feel anything today. And I just feel blah. That's emptiness. And you seek to feel, to fill those feelings because you don't like the feeling of feeling blah. All right, so you seek to fill it. So these are some words that we can associate with of what it means to be empty. So what do we do? We fill our time to the max. Some people do this. Fill all 14 hours a day with activity after activity, with thing after thing after thing. We shouldn't do that. That's a bad thing to do. You need a little margin in your life. What else do we fill? We seek to fill our thoughts how do we do it? Well, sometimes we do it with entertainment. I do it with daydreaming. All right, when my thoughts feel kind of empty, well, my, my brain starts flittering into la-la land, and I make up stories and plans, and all this stuff's going to go on, 
and I realize I'm filling my thoughts, and it's just, it's like a vapor, you know? It's not true. It's not real. We fill our plans. We fill our senses. These guys that are, and gals that are wanting to be, uh, they, they have an adrenaline rush. They want to do something, so they jump out of planes, bungee jumping, squirrel diving, whatever. Just all these different things they do to fill their senses. They're empty. They're trying to fill their senses. This is not going to fill them, though. It's, it's not going to work for them. We try to fill our happiness. Here's the other thing. We try to fill the image that we portray to people. I dress a certain way so that I can make sure you think of me a certain way. I talk a certain way so that I fill my image so that I make sure that my image to you is portrayed in a way that I think is, is cool or hip or whatever. All right? We try, we're always trying to fill ourselves because all we can do is receive. Look at Matthew 12, 43 through 45. It says, an impure spirit, this is Jesus talking about, talking, says an impure spirit comes out of a person. Okay, do you believe in demons? <laughs> I believe in demons. Do you believe in God? I believe in God. Do you believe in Satan? I believe in Satan, all right? You have to believe in, this, in, 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 the, in the paranormal, if you will, but always with God in the center of things. Always with God in the center. So this person has an impure spirit that comes out of him, leaving an empty space. And then it says, you know what? I'll return back to the place where I left. And when it arrives, it fi finds the house or the person unoccupied, empty. Unoccupied means empty. Do you have an empty space in your life that needs to be filled? Make sure God fills it. Don't leave any empty spaces in your thoughts, in your heart, in your time, in your image. Let God fill to the full extent everything in your life. He finds this house unoccupied, swept clean. That means it had been occupied by the Lord Jesus, cleaning it out, put in order. Then it goes out and finds seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and it goes in and lives there. It occupies it. It fills that house, and the condition that that person was in is worse than when it first was, all right? We don't want to be empty, and we shouldn't be empty. We need Jesus to fill our lives, all right? Look at this, this other uh, uh, thing, that this thought process that leads us to. It says, if receiving is all that we can do, then connecting ourselves to something that we think will fill us is what we build our life around. Let me say that again. If receiving is all we can do, then we're constantly looking to connect to something that can fill us. That's our nature. We're always looking for something to fill us, and we're looking to connect to something that we think will fill us. Our connection will tighten its grip whenever we receive a good feeling from something that we receive. All right? If I go and I watch a cool show, all right, I like the Food Network star um, competition or whatever it is, I get a good feeling from watching that show. I like watching those guys compete to be the next chef on Food Network Star. I watch that, and you know what? My grip gets tighter and tighter onto that show because I receive from th something from that on Sunday nights. I enjoy it. It helps me to relax. I'm receiving from it, and so then the next Sunday night, I go and watch it again. I grip on even harder because I'm receiving some good vibes here. I'm enjoying this. This is good. That's why kids play video games. They receive something from it and many different things. We talked about this in youth group. You receive, uh, you receive an identity. Some of these kids come up with a real creative 
what do you call it, the name? Username, you know, and that's who they are. They receive talents that they don't have in real life. They get them in video games, and all of a sudden, they're at a whole different level. They're beating people that they could never beat naturally, but they can do it on a video game. So they receive from this. Everything we do, we receive something from. Hobbies, we receive something from. And so our grip with that connection gets tighter and tighter, and that's called addiction. That's called addiction. When you connect to something that you're receiving something good from, that's called addiction. And it's really hard to let go of something when it's giving you a good feeling, even if that feeling's temporary. Some people are caught up, you know, we tell our kids, hey, it's good to read. Well, watch out. If you're reading grips your life and that's all you do, well, you're connecting to reading and you're getting maybe a little too much from that. Relationships, people, hang on. The codependent person that's never had a healthy relationship in their life, they reach and they try to grab at any relationship that they can get because they receive from it. Workaholics, I'll never forget sitting in my work, this was a long time ago, working on a Saturday And all of a sudden, I felt this wonderful sense of peace and control come over me like, ah, I like being here on this Saturday. I'm in control. I'm not having to deal with any problems. I'm just working. And it it dawned on me, this is a bad thing. (laughs) This sense of peace that I'm getting from my job is a bad thing. This sense of controlling my atmosphere, my environment, this is a bad thing. I got up and left and went home, you know. We got to be careful with what, what we receive from. Some people default to shopping. You know, when life goes bad, let's pull out the credit card and let me go buy some stuff, all right? Maybe that's what you receive from. Daydreaming, eating habits. Here's mine. Anytime I'm depressed, I go straight to the pantry, man, and do a sugar overload. I receive from it. I receive peace from it. I receive, um, I'm kind of withdrawn from my circumstances, and I'm just self-feeding myself, all right? All of these things give us something. But look at what Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says. Come unto me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you, and you will receive rest. We need to make Jesus our source. So to disconnect from these sources can be a very scary thing. If a TV show is giving you something, if your lust is giving, if pornography is giving you something, all right, how do you disconnect from those things and start connecting under the right sources? Well, I'll tell you, it's very hard because that addiction holds on to us. We're all addictive people. We all connect to sources and letting go of those sources is very difficult, especially if it's a source of security. If God were to tell you to quit your job today, and say, I've got something better for you, it'd be hard to let go of that job because it's feeding you security. It's giving you security. If something's been giving you a good feeling or a sense of acceptance, it's hard to break ties with that. If you have something that's covering over a hurt of your past, you receive something that covers over that past, it's hard to let go of that thing so that because your past is going to resurface again. It's hard to come dis, uh, disconnect from these things that we receive from. But let me give you this. Let me tell you something. If you're connected, let's say I'm addicted to pornography, all right? 
I'm hooked onto pornography. I can't get rid of it. I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my computer. I've got it everywhere, all right? I've got it hidden over here and there, and I'm hooked on pornography. How can I let go of that, all right? Because it's feeding me something that's, that's self-gratifying. You know what I need to do? I need to not let go of that. I just need to hook onto Jesus and just start receiving a trickle from him. Don't worry about letting go of the pornography. See, religion would say, let go of that, and then God will start loving you. But God loved you in the worst place that you've ever been. (laughs) All right? So keep, this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to get the religious folks are going to say, Steve, you're flat out wrong. Hold on to whatever you're still holding on to, all right? And start getting a trickle from God. Crack open your Bible five minutes a day, even a minute a day, all right? Read one verse. Come to church and get a little something, something, all right? Pray to God and get a little something, something, because those are the three ways we receive from God. Read the Bible, go to church, and pray. You receive from God. So connect on to God. Your grip is not going to let go over here, all right? (laughs) You're going to keep holding on. But start receiving from God, and you're going to see this. Uh, In two Sundays, we're going to have a a service called Click Here to See Grace, and you're going to see this in action. But you're going to start receiving from God. And little by little, the drip, drip, drip in your life is going to start displacing the mess, mess, mess in your life. All right? And you're going to start enjoying. You're going to find that it's actually enjoyable to receive from God. It's actually enjoyable. And this grip is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And little by little, you're going to notice this just doesn't mean as much to me anymore. This doesn't mean that much to me. This actually tastes bad to me. I don't really like this anymore. And soon, one day, you're going to let go of that. And this whole mess, is this gushing from God is going to come into you. And it's going to push all that mud and muck and mire and depression and yuckiness right out of your life. Right out of your life. Let me read you the scripture and we'll end with this. John 6, 67. I hope we'll all meditate on this this week. It says, you do not want to leave two, do you? He asked the 12, all right? So I'll read that verse and then give you the backstory to this just really quick. Jesus had just told a multitude of people, probably thousands of people, you can't have any part of me unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh. (laughs) All right, people look at him and say, what are you talking about? Do you want me to drink your blood and eat your flesh? I mean, and it, the Bible says that everybody turned away from him because that teaching was too hard. It was too hard. Well, Jesus wasn't just wanting a following. He wanted disciples. He wanted people whose hearts were devoted to him. And so after all these people had hightailed it away from Jesus, he turns to his 12 disciples and he said, you do not want to leave too, do you? <laughs> He said, are you going to leave me? Because all these people have just left. I've just become a very unpopular figure with all these people. Are you going to stick with me? And Simon Peter says this, one of his 12 disciples. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? He says, you have the words of life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So let's just break the scripture down really quick. What Peter was saying, he says, We've connected to you. Who else are we going to connect to? And you have to ask yourself that question as well. When you're tempted to disconnect from God, 
what else are you going to connect to? All right, so Peter had come to hold on. He was addicted to Jesus. God made us addictive people, by the way. He's made us that way. There's nothing wrong with addictive personalities. He made us that way so we would be addicted to him. All right? And so Peter says, I've latched on to you. I've connected to you, Jesus. Who else am I going to connect to? He had already let go of everything else, and he was just connected to Jesus. And then he says, you have the words of eternal life. Well, what I've found in my, my life is the word of God is becoming richer and richer and richer and more powerful and more real and more authoritative, and it works. It works, all right? And so the word of God, so this is what Peter says. He says, you have the words of life. All right, when we realize Jesus has the words of life and that's all that counts, I'm not going to be connecting to anything else. I'm getting what I need from you already, from your word. All right, in verse 69, he says, we have come to believe. We have come to believe. And I've told you this before, believing is simply opening your heart to the Lord. It's not Disney's believe on a dream and it's going to happen. Believing is I just open my heart to God and whatever comes from God, I'll take. I'm not going to tell God what to give me. I'm just going to receive what God gives me. I'm just, every day there's something new. I'll take it, all right? We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter had come to know Jesus through a relationship with him. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we spend with the Holy Spirit, we get to know him better and better and better. And everything else just doesn't mean that much. It's not that good. It doesn't taste that good. And... um. And so when we connect to Jesus, we receive from him. It doesn't mean that same day you disconnect from all other things, because you can't. You can't, all right? God fills you, and he helps you begin to disconnect from these things one at a time over the course of a lifetime. And as you remain connected to Jesus, you realize all other sources don't fill you like you thought they did, and they're just not worthwhile. And as you receive from Jesus, your connection with him begins to tighten with him and you draw closer and closer and closer to Jesus and he fills you your your needs and your desires. Let me end with this one scripture, Romans 15:13. And I'm trying to memorize this. I'm not a good memorizer, but it says may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Your connection with God is your trust, it's your faith, all right? So that you may overflow with hope and power in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. May I challenge you to memorize that scripture this week. Memorize. Let me read it one more time. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.